0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: All right, welcome back everybody to the Still Curtain Podcast. I'll be your host again by myself, Shane Kubis, contributor to StillCurtain.com. Tommy should be back next week. For those of you who have been watching for a while, uh, he should be back here soon. Like I said, uh, taking care of the kids right now, so definitely good for him. But I want to jump right into things. Unfortunately, do not come back to the show bearing good news. You know, everyone I'm sure watched this game this past week, even if they really wish they hadn't. The uh, Steelers Cardinals was an embarrassment, guys. Let's just start off right there. This is a game that the Steelers clearly needed to win if they wanted to maintain their their place in the playoffs. They currently are still in the same spot because of losses around the league. But this is the type of loss that could really kind of change the the direction of the season with only five games left to play. There's only a couple games left down the stretch where you can honestly say the Steelers have a good chance of winning. And this was one of those games and they couldn't win that. So realistically, you know, like I said, let's get into it more specifically here. Steelers lose against Cardinals 24 to 10. It, It started off poorly, ended poorly, Really not much to write home about in terms of positivity around this game between injuries and especially to Kenny Pickett, which we'll get to that here a little bit more. But just the overall performance of this team in a, in a game where, again, you expect to win. This is a 2-10 Cardinals team that realistically, they they don't have a lot to play for the rest of the year. They they want to see what Kyler Murray can do, of course, with this team going into, into the offseason so they know what they want to do at quarterback. They, they have some players that they're trying to evaluate, but realistically, they're not playing for anything in particular other than pride, and they sure played with a lot more pride than we did I mean, this past Sunday. And, and realistically, losing this game probably one takes you out of the division race. I don't see us making up two games behind the Ravens. I think if you win this game, you set up a potential you know play for the division game week 18 against the Ravens where you already have one on them. If you win the second one and you have a tied record, Obviously, you get the tiebreaker, you can get in that way, but I don't see them making up the two game difference in the five games left. You know, maybe they can still beat them at the end of the year, but that might be more because the Ravens might not need that game right now instead of it being a huge game for both sides. So that's the immediate aftermath, of course. You know, the injuries to Minko, he's going to play with the club now with a broken hand. We don't know about Roberts and some other guys whether they're going to be available for Thursday, but they don't seem to be long term. But the big one we'll talk about here in a minute is Kenny Pickett, but we'll, we'll talk about some winners and losers here first. And not many to talk about, you know, losers, <laughs> kind of the whole team. I mean, Mike Tomlin as, as a coach in this game, John Austin as, as a coach in this game. I mean, the, the whole offense was very, excuse me, off for a lot of the game. And we are coming off of our first 400-yard performance in, you know, felt like more than the time it was, even though it was about three years. And it didn't carry over in this game. I think Kenny was starting the game off okay, you know, seven for 10 for about 71 yards, I think it was, or 70 yards. He looked fine, but we weren't really moving the ball consistently. We did get down to the one-yard line on the injury that he had, um, scrambling up to the one-yard line. Then we can't punch it in because we run from shotgun for whatever reason. But, you know, I don't want to harp on that too much. But overall, not a lot of winners here. I will say one winner – uh jalen warren looked really good coming out of the backfield again uh running the ball it didn't do much in the receiving game just didn't give him any good opportunities but he was more efficient than he was the week before naji you know, carried the load again but wasn't as efficient as the week before so that was kind of an iffy game for him and even he's banged up a little bit with a knee when i looked at the injury report today so he's he's dealing with stuff uh, george pickens had a pretty nice game in terms of you know yards you know four for 86 is really nice stat line but didn't ultimately mean much. And obviously the wouldn't call him more his points wise either scoring 10 points still. And you know, Trubisky came off the bench and played reasonably well. He did have the, the botch snap, but that was more Mason Cole just having an awful day snapping football. But again, like I, I think they just didn't have it that day across the board. You watch every element of the game the run defense was really good until Roberts goes down and then Connor kind of had his way and ended up having a really nice day over hundred yards and two touchdowns. But overall, like the, the defense just, they didn't make plays when they needed to Trey McBride diced them up. You know, Minka didn't get a chance to really impact the game very much. You know, there's multiple times where I thought he would be guarding McBride and he even had a comment that I'll talk about a little bit later where they didn't really respect him coming into this game, even though he had really been on a tear since Murray came back, especially so. I don't know, everything just felt off, and the players seemed to feel that way. We'll talk about that too, but yeah, not really going to talk too much about winners and losers in a game like this. We're all losers, right? You know, you're not winning anything. Nobody is a true winner when you have a game against this bad of a team where you get outscored by two touchdowns. So, yeah, let's move into some other news that still isn't very good. Of course, uh, Kenny Pickett has ankle surgery; uh, could return before end of the regular season this is the latest on him. I think that I read earlier today that the current projection is that he will be available maybe week 18 at the earliest against the Ravens. So if that's a game that we still need, which very likely will be if we want to make the playoffs, he at least could be back possibly for that game. And for those of you who watched Mitch Trubisky have to come in against the Ravens last year and what he did, that should be good news to you because he, uh, yeah, he's not exactly set up to play a team like that very well, but Again, with Kenny, it's really unfortunate. The the biggest problem with this is one, it kind of took us out of the game because realistically, you know, we were driving that last drive he was in, probably could have had a touchdown if he was in there. Maybe they call a different play. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure about that, but I think at least it, it really took the wind out of the offense a little bit. Even though Mitch came in and didn't play necessarily terrible in any way, more so just kind of so so, but. For him to come out whenever he had his best game, probably of his career the week before, you know, at least looking. you know, The stats are still whatever, but he still looked about as good as he'd ever been in his Steelers uniform. Oh, excuse me, guys, but I'm a little stuffed up. So if you can hear that, my bad. But I think with, with Kenny being out now and you going to Mitch, and we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Mitch later because obviously that's the biggest news for this team is you lose your starting quarterback who, again, had been kind of trending upwards uh, since Canada was fired. Start off the game okay. You lose him. You know, what does that mean for the team? I think it means more than some people think and also less than I wish it did. It's kind of a weird kind of middle ground there. So, again, we'll spend time on that. But um, before we get moving forward here, I do want to mention if anyone has any questions for me in the chat about the game specifically that's coming up or about the Cardinals game or really anything, definitely please leave that below. I have plenty of time to get to you guys comments today, so make sure you do that. But again, more injury news. So the Steelers are battered by injuries right now. As I mentioned Minka has a club on his hand now from his broken hand. TJ came out of the game a couple times. Uh, Roberts is banged up at the groin and just you know, everyone kind of it kind of felt like coming out of the game. We were truly beaten down, not just in terms of score, but quite literally beaten up by the Cardinals. And you hope that a lot of these injuries aren't going to, you know, extend farther into the year. Minka's basically just going to play with the club just because, you know, we we can't really afford to not have him out there. So his his ball skills, his playmaking abilities, going to probably be limited, of course, with the club. He, can he catch a ball right now? I don't, I don't know. I mean, his Minka, so maybe maybe you can cradle it or something. I don't know, but he at least still needs to be out there if we are if our secondary is going to survive. You know, so definitely good to see that he can play through this. But it is going to limit him a little bit. TJ, they need to get him less snaps. He he did play a lot of snaps in that game still. And, and even with the injury, he came in a couple of times when the game was out of hand. And I was like, what's the point of that? I mean, I understand you're, you're trying to still be competitive late in the game. But that game was over at, at times when he was in. So that was disappointing. Um, even Keanu Benton, who you know he's one of the winners I forgot to mention in this game. I mean, he He looked dominant. But only played 24 snaps and partially, possibly because of an oblique kind of twin. Like, I think he may have hurt that a little bit from what I've read, but still was in there near the end of the game. So, I, they need to play him more snaps as well, especially just to give this defensive line a better chance of getting the quarterback. Because if they don't, you know, we, we all know what's going to happen if they don't get to the quarterback. They're, a big play is probably happening on the other end. So, definitely keep that in mind moving forward into this game against the Patriots. And last thing we'll talk about as far as trending Steelers news goes, um, this one's tough. So multiple Steelers expressed that the team may have overlooked the Cardinals and there's been so much talk about even going into this game about it being a trap game. And, you know, this is what the Steelers do. They play down to their competition and all that. And there's definitely truth to that. And I I think the problem is it's really hard for me to determine what exactly it is that's causing this. Because for me – it doesn't make sense for the coaching staff to approach this game any differently than they do any other game, right? Like this is an organization that is very even killed to the point where oftentimes it hurts them, you know, with the Matt Cannon situation taking all the way up until near the end of this year to fire him after two and a half years of just incompetence. They're almost loyal to a fault and very steady to a fault. So for them to completely change their approach to games like this, I just don't buy that. So I think it comes down to the players, and, and the players have expressed it this week. Jalen Warren said that they may have overlooked them a little bit. Minka kind of alludes to the fact, again, that they didn't really give McBride his, his the attention that maybe he deserves until they were he was already carving them up in that game, which that doesn't make a lot of sense to me game plan-wise, but that's another question for another time. You know, Deontay said something of the like, is you know, maybe they just kind of looked past them. This team is not good enough, and really no team in the NFL should be considered good enough to look past their opponents. I mean, no matter how good you are in this league, any given Sunday is the, is the mantra and it's something that's talked about a lot because it's true. Any team realistically can beat any other team in the NFL. Now, there's some situations, you know, if you're a Giants fan right now, if you're a Jets fan right now, you know, if you're a New York fan in general, like, you're probably having a rough year. But in general, like, there's some teams where it doesn't feel possible for them to beat certain teams. But it, it definitely is at the end of the day. Like, anything can happen. You could have a mistake-filled game from the other team or injuries can happen or just anything. So you can't come into a game as a player thinking, oh, well, you know, we're going we're gonna to blow past these guys. You know, they can't play with us. The Steelers, more than any other team, can certainly be played with no matter what team if you're facing them. Like, you cannot assume that you're going to beat a team comfortably because they haven't done it in years now at this point. So for me, if that is the case, if the players are overlooking things, it is on the staff and and Mike Tomlin to avoid those situations, to make sure that he gets his players up for a game like this. The the mantra should be, in my opinion, let's go out and dominate these guys. Let's go out and show that we are the better team and that they're 2-10. and Not, oh, they're not that good, so we don't have to worry about them. You have to be, honestly, in my opinion, even more aggressive in games like this try to knock them out early try to put them behind the eight ball and make them come back because they are a bad team right they're not they're not a very talented roster and instead of doing that they kind of played into their hand they let them hang around and then things just fell apart once kenny was out so really disappointing overall you know we're gonna we're gonna move on we will i'm sure tomlin said the same thing he's talked about you know we're gonna move on in the next week put it behind us and that is important that's something you have to do in this league you have to be able to bury that type of stuff but They have another game very similar in style to what they just had happen to them as a possibility in this next game against the Patriots. So we'll get to that at the end of the show. But real quick before we move on here, guys, we have a promotion we're running with the Still Curtain right now. Fan-sided. I'm going to pull it up here for you right now so you can take a look at it here. I do use Sleeper personally for my Fantasy League. I don't play their daily Fantasy, but I'm sure it's very good. The product has always been very good to me especially. So definitely check that out. If you need it, the QR code, again, you can scan that, go back on the show, scan it, or just use our code fan-sided too. Okay. Moving forward. Let's talk about it. So we we have to talk about the Mr. Trubisky situation. So he's going to be the starting quarterback, presumably until either he shows he shouldn't be, which in my opinion, he already has in the past. We'll get to that conversation as well, or until Kenny is healthy enough, right? That's going to be the game plan that the sailors are going with and to be frank i don't think he's a starting quarterback in the nfl we saw what he did last year for us the results just weren't there and you know the numbers aren't that different from kenny's but the way that they play is very different and, and important and that's kind of my biggest concern and we'll talk about it. so the stats so far this year in, in mop-up duty slash you know replacing kenny due to injury 29 to 49 273 yards two touchdowns two picks again Nothing to write home about. Now, these are in relief efforts. It's different than having preparation full-time as a starter. So you expect these to be a little bit better and a little bit different. But, again, this is kind of who Mitch is at this point. He's a guy that is either going to be, in my opinion, hyper-conservative, you know, which lends itself to this offense. That's what Mike Tomlin clearly wants and what they're trying to do. Or he decides to throw the ball up to three different people, and only one of them are usually a stealer. So – It's the it's the balance of conservatism and aggressiveness that he has yet to be able to find really at any point in his career. I mean, he had the one solid year for the Bears. I believe it was like 2018, 2019, whichever year that was. But outside of that, he just hasn't consistently been able to move the football to score points for his offense. And it's really frustrating because realistically, and and I'm going to talk about this here in a second, too. He's, he's more talented than anyone else in the quarterback room, and just in terms of pure physical skill, right? But he doesn't know how to use that skill to run an offense in an efficient manner, right? That, that's what it ultimately comes down to. And, and that's what I was talking about here. Can the Steelers offense get going with Mitch Trubisky at the helm? I don't think it's going to be that much worse necessarily in terms of like down-to-down consistency. But what I worry about is the one thing this offense has been fantastic at this year is limiting the turnovers, and if you listen to his comments about what he, how he wants to play, and we're going to spend some time on that too, it kind of sounds like he's going to try to play the game in a way that could lead to more turnovers than this offense is willing or being or would be able to handle. It's already not a good offense. If you turn the ball over on top of that, it, it could get very ugly down the stretch. We'll, we'll talk more about that in a second and I alluded to this a second ago, he has more juice in both his arm and legs than both Mason and Kenny, but much more erratic style of play than Pickett especially. So I I think the trade-off here is you get more physical ability, you get more splash play potential, I think, overall, but he's more likely to put the ball up in harm's way. He's more likely to, even with Kenny's issues, take a really weird sack or, or spend too much time in the pocket and end up creating a negative play. And, there's just a lot of things about his game that hasn't developed since he became a, an NFL player, coming out of UNC. That just I don't see ever changing about him. And we, you know, we have examples of Ryan Tannehill getting better as he got older, and Geno Smith recently. And guys can always improve upon themselves if they're given enough time. But with with Mitch, it just the issues have been so consistent and the same for a couple of years that it's really hard for me to believe that all of a sudden he's a different player than we've seen in the past. And that's kind of why, I mean, I'll I'll spend some time on this here before I talk about how he expects to play, like what he's trying to do. I would be giving Mason Rudolph a shot here. And it's not that I think Mason is better than either of these two guys necessarily in terms of like ability. I think he's going to play quarterback in a way that kind of bridges the gap between Mitch and Kenny, where Mason is going to have more of of a chance to move the ball down the field consistently because he is a more consistent passer than Mitch but he also is willing to be a little bit more aggressive, I think, than Kenny has at times this year. Now that changed a little bit in his start after Canada left, but still, if you look at Kenny's full body of work this year and then you look at what Mitch has done, I think Mason would slide in right in the middle of those play styles. And I think that's the best fit for this offense currently, if Kenny's going to be out, is somebody who is willing to take those shots but also isn't going to create a bunch of negative plays by trying to extend too much and this or that. I think he's going to take what they give him and if they give him the chance to go down the field, he's also going to take that. So it's kind of this middle ground here. And I don't, I don't think the offense would be hugely better with him starting, but I think it would be more consistent down to down. And that's what I'm looking for. And what you really should look for with a backup is you want things to move as smoothly as they can to avoid your defense having to go out in the field a bunch of times more a game or turnovers happening that shouldn't be happening. Like that should, that really should be the goal of a backup quarterback, especially a good one. Um, that can help you win games. We had that, you know, for years with guys like Charlie Batch. Like we were used to that type of, type of backup. I don't think Mish is quite that type of backup, and that's what worries me a little bit. Um, again, he says he wants to be aggressive. Expect turnovers in that case. If he's going to be aggressive more so than conservative, I think that's probably still the way to go. But I do worry that he is going to just kind of throw it up in situations where it's just not there. And you know, when that's when it's thrown to George. You know, Pickens, maybe that works out more often than not. But if he's doing it to Deontay, if he's doing it to pretty much anybody else, I, I fear he's just going to throw it up into double-triple coverage and try to make a play, and it just turns into a turnover situation. We've seen it multiple times as a Steeler. We've seen it multiple times as a Bear. It's just hard for me to believe that this is going to work out very well if he's truly trying to be aggressive, and he did say thoughtfully aggressive, and even the you know, the offensive coordinators, kind of the dual coordinators with Sullivan and, and Faulkner have said that that's what they expect him to be, is try to be a little bit more aggressive. I just hope that it is very thoughtful, instead of just like, oh, well, you know, we need points, I'm going to throw it down the field and see what happens. Um, but ultimately, I don't expect much from Mitch. I think that the offense will not be substantially worse, like I said, just because it's hard for it to be worse than it had been. But I do worry that there might be games that we could have won with Kenny where it's you know one of those 19 to 16 games where he doesn't make the big mistake. He does make a big throw down the stretch, one or two of those, and gets us a win. Whereas with Mitch, I think it's much more likely he ends up throwing the game away Which, when you're 7-5 and and now firmly on the outskirts of of true playoff contention where you're not guaranteed a spot at this point, that could be the difference between this team going home in January or being being able to continue on, Um, especially while Kenny's trying to recover. So, we'll see how he plays down the stretch here, though. But moving forward, we're going to talk about the Patriots game coming up, which... I wish I felt better about I think we all wish we felt better about. Uh, before I do that, though, if you are a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers football and would like to support the Still Curtain podcast, please consider subscribing to the Still Curtain podcast on YouTube. We appreciate all the supports, and we're going to continue bringing you uh, action every week uh, moving forward throughout the, the year and into the offseason, of course, when things will probably get really interesting for the Steelers, no matter how the season plays out. So definitely check us out there. Uh, moving on. Again, Steelers versus Patriots week 14. This one feels like it should be pretty easy, right? And I hate saying that word because nothing is easy for this team. But we're about to play a football team that has scored, I believe, less than 20 points over the last three weeks, if I'm remembering right. I know they scored seven against the Giants. I forget how many points they scored the week before, but they scored zero, zero points against a Chargers defense that has been ridiculed all season. Uh, Granted, they only gave up six points, which is you know kind of why – we're going to talk about another major point here in a second, but these this team is very, very bad in just about every way, outside of their defense in some situations. But their offense is historically bad the last few weeks in terms of point out, like point totals, yardage toes. They have just struggled mightily, no matter who they have a quarterback, no matter who's running the ball, catching balls. It's all dreadful. And it makes a Steelers' offense by comparison look kind of decent, actually, which is pretty. If you're a Patriots fan, this is very much a fall from grace, and I certainly don't feel bad for you, but I get it if you're upset right now. Um, but the, the line for this game and the and the over-under is pretty hilarious, so let's look at that real quick. Uh, Five-and-a-half point home favorites for the Steelers as of yesterday when I checked, so that, that line might move. But that's a pretty big favorite line for a team that just lost by two scores to the Cardinals, but I understand. And 30-and-a-half over-under. That is historically low. We're talking about like Iowa over-unders in college football. If you guys if you guys know about that, it, it is truly bad to to have an over-under of 30 and a half in, in an NFL game. Like it's just especially in this era where granted scoring is down a little bit this year, but you if both teams combining to score just barely 30 points just doesn't feel like something that should be projected. You know, it happens, you know, pretty much every week. Some game is kind of a snooze fest or something happens like that. But realistically, that's not how this should go as a team. Um, it's it's just, it's really it's really hard to look at that and not kind of laugh. As a fan, it's terrible. Like, you, you can't say it's not, but it still kind of makes me laugh looking at over under. That's barely in the 30s and like quite literally barely, about as close as you can get. So um, it is what it is. I think that's pretty fair, though. Uh, I think everyone watching today and I think everyone who watched that game have a hard time saying it wasn't fair. Um, but overall, I'm, I expect more points than that. With my prediction, there will be more points than three and a half, but I, I understand why the line is where it is. But um, oh, We have a, a chat here. Let me pull this up. So uh, old friend, R Barley, 18. Uh, hey, Shane, hope all is well. Why just now our local media stating the obvious. Mitch may be an upgrade due to style, due to ability to make reads pre- and post-snap, I'm assuming, pocket awareness, and athleticism. So I don't agree with him being an upgrade, mostly because, again, I think that he isn't good enough individually to move this offense in a way that's significantly better than Kenny, and he has more of a potential to turn the ball over. It would be different if I really thought they were completely different levels of players, but I think they are pretty similar levels of players, all things considered, but Mitch just has more of a potential to throw the game for you. And for an offense that already doesn't score a lot, for a defense that has been able to give up or has given up a lot of yards and has allowed teams to move on them, more possessions for the other team is pretty much a death sentence for this team. You cannot give away possessions for an offense that already barely scores on the ones they have. Ultimately, I think you'll see more big plays probably. You'll see some more highlight plays with him as a quarterback. But will you see more highlights for the defense? That's kind of where I'm at. That's the main concern I have with him is, you know, are you going to see too many times where there was a play to make that was easier that he could have taken and he decides, no, I'm going to go down the field and it's not open. He throws into triple coverage like that's what I'm hoping doesn't happen. Now, if he can avoid those plays, if he can avoid the situations where he is throwing the ball up to really nobody. Like we've seen him do, then I do think the offense probably is going to be a little bit better across the board, just because he does have a little bit more physical ability. But that's not all that's important. As important as it is, and for most teams, I would say it's one of the more important things when looking at a quarterback. The way the Steelers' offense works right now, I just I don't I don't think it's going to help much, unfortunately. So we'll we'll see if I'm right about that. Um, But, yeah, it's it's another one here. I think the base is similar. I think Kenny is great value, Mitch. A lot of things not as well, though. See, again, like uh, physically, probably. Uh, I think mentally and just the ability to play within himself more, I do think Kenny does that a little bit better, and I think that's kind of why he ultimately got the job for Mitch last year was that on top of obviously being a first-round pick. Um, Let's move on to some matchups to watch here for the Steelers-Patriots. The big one for me, and this is, I think, how the Steelers win this game if they do – is the Steelers' pass rush versus the Patriots' O-line. And the Patriots have struggled mightily to protect their quarterbacks this year. And, and obviously the quarterbacks are playing terrible within within that situation, honestly. But it, it certainly has made things more difficult. And they've been banged up at times. Other times they've just had poor play from the tackles, especially. Um, the interior guys aren't quite as good as they were projected to be overall. Like It's just kind of a mess for them right now. And if we can get the type of pressure that – I think we're capable of getting, you know, Alex had a really good game this past week with the second half. TJ is still TJ. Keanu Benton looked great. Cam Hayward, like all these guys should be able to eat against this Patriots line. And if they do, I think it's going to be the difference in the game with Bailey Zappi starting a quarterback for you, you know, talk about the Steelers quarterback situation. The Patriots are somehow worse (laughs) considering their, their struggles this year. But I think that's really a huge matchup in general, just because again, it's kind of how the Steelers win games most of the time is through their pass rush. Uh, the Steelers' passing game versus Patriots' secondary is another big one. Can they move the ball in the air against this team? They, they've they been a really good defense for the most part this year. They've had some blow-up games just because the offense will sh- just not show up literally at all, and they have to do everything themselves. They've had some rough moments overall, but in, in general, they've been still very solid defense, You know, even with some injuries uh, affecting them for the most part. I, I think the Steelers are going to struggle to get to 200 yards passing, I'll be honest with you. They kind of do anyway in general, but especially against a team like this that – you know they they give up you know they're about middle of the pack in yards and I'll talk about that in a second but they also have given up the, I think either the fourth fewest or there's around that amount of touchdowns through the air too so a team that doesn't throw touchdowns going up against a team that prevents touchdowns through the air probably not going to be throwing a lot of touchdowns <laughs> you assume so that that's going to be a big part of the game is how much can Mitch actually help the team and not just manage things is against a team like this and Steelers run game versus the Patriots run defense this is going to be another one especially offensively the biggest x factor because even in this past game it wasn't as good as it been in previous weeks because they couldn't commit to it as much because they got down but Steelers are still a really good run team overall and they've been one of the best in the league of the past four or five weeks but the Patriots have the maybe the best run defense in my opinion they're fourth in rushing yards allowed, but they have a ton of attempts against them, and that's part of it, but they're giving up just 3.2 yards per attempt. That is a massively low figure in the NFL this year, especially because the run game has come back last couple of years. It's been much more efficient. It's been a better situation for offenses to, to lean on the run, and they just don't allow it. They, they simply do not allow teams to run on them. If Steelers can't run on them to a certain degree— and I'm not saying they can't, but it, the numbers would suggest it's going to be difficult, then it really falls on Mitch to make a couple of plays, and, and I just don't know if he can. And that's ultimately what I think could be the difference in the game. But, you know, realistically, still still need to lean on the run game. This is an offense that runs quite literally through their running game. They, that's, that's how they move the football. That's how they create big plays a lot of the time. So Warren and Najee have to be ready, especially Warren, because I think Najee, one, is banked up a little bit. With his knee, but this is a defense that swarms. A defense that's very sound. He's not the type of player that's going to do well against them generally because he's going to have to probably generate a lot of his own yards and you know get through the hole quickly if he wants to make something happen, and that's just not his game. So I, I do expect Warren to to hopefully would go. The game plan going in should be to get him the football more just to give them a chance to create some explosives in the run game. Um, but again, with with Pickett out, can the run game carry Trubisky? I I feel like against this team we just talked about, probably not. It, they're going to need to have Mitch make some plays ultimately. And the same thing was true of Kenny; he had to make some throws, even in the wins, you know, the comebacks and stuff like that. It was never really him truly like coming back, coming back in the sense of like, oh, we're down 14 points in the fourth, let's come back. Like it was more managing the game all the way up to that point, and then finally making that one big throw or two. <clears throat> excuse me, that he he would make. So Mitch is going to need to do more than that. I think especially if the run game is as poor as it could be against a team that's good at defending the run, you have, <coughs> excuse me. Gosh, you have to be prepared to put the ball in the air against this team to move the ball. And that's just not our strong suit, regardless who the quarterback is. So talking about some keys to success before we get on to my game predictions here. So I think the number one key to success for the Steelers in this game is to find a way to move the ball on this defense on the ground as good as they are at defending it like we just talked about for the last few minutes, it still is a priority because if you ask too much of Mitch, and this has been throughout his career, when when he doesn't have to do very much, when he can be the point guard, the check down guy, the get the ball of his hands quickly, when, when he's had games where he can do mostly that, he's been effective. Not great, but he's been effective. If they can do that in this game against this bad of a Patriots team, I think realistically if you score 20 points, Right. Which is a lot for either of these teams right now. But if you can score 20 points, I do not see a scenario minus like a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown where this Patriots offense gets 20 points. I just cannot imagine it. It seems even more impossible than, you know, even the Jets or the Steelers getting 20 points. Right. Like that's it's it just feels pretty impossible right now. And I'm saying that as a team that just gave up 24 points to a Cardinals team that's not good, but their their offense has a lot more going for them than the Patriots do. So I have a hard time thinking that they're going to score that many points, but the Steelers probably have to still score at least in the high teens if they want to have a chance to win. So the run game really has to be a big part of that here. Oh, um, I have another comment here before we finish up uh, from Rochelle here. Uh, Rudolph short to play for the Steelers and learn who to play for the quarterback. Please let me play here. We go, we go still. There we go. Okay. That was a little bit confusing, but basically, I think a Rudolph uh, positivity tweet there or a message there. So, yeah, again, I think he would be a better choice, but we'll we're, we probably won't see him unless there's a lot of turnovers or something like that from Mitch. Um, another key to success for the Steelers defensively, especially you have to force Bailey Zappi into some mistakes because he's going to try to play the conservative dump down. Like he's going to try to be efficient, all that stuff. You have to be willing to bring pressure to him. You have to try to force him to throw the ball to you. He's going to do it. If you make him like if you put him in a position where he's under pressure he's probably going to give you a couple that you might be able to intercept and and take the ball away and for an offense that's struggling as bad as ours is getting some turnovers and hopefully some short fields might be exactly what they need to kind of get things back on track so i would say those are the two biggest things here um uh, another comment here okay uh okay not matter no matter what happens the rest of the way out, we should take a long, hard look at Quinn Ewers. Um, I actually have a uh, friend that I do some uh, stuff with uh, on another uh, site that has said this before too. One, I believe Ewers is going back to school. So that's going to be a thing um, most likely that could change because he hasn't declared or anything yet, but one, he's probably going back to school. And two, I don't think he's going to be a very good NFL quarterback. I think he's about as inconsistent as a quarterback can possibly be. Um, good for him to getting in the playoff I mean, if he plays really well down the stretch consistently. Uh, did in the championship game for the Big 12, and he'll have a chance in possibly two games to do more of that. He could end up declaring, and maybe that changes my opinion. But he's a guy that I think would really frustrate everyone he plays for. Anyone, any team he plays for is probably very frustrated with him if he starts. So that's just my opinion. I haven't gotten into scouting it this year. Um, last thing before we get out of here, uh, game predictions for this one. I I want to go over on the over-under just kind of out of spite of how low it is. like. It, <laughs> but it does feel like Vegas kind of has the in on this one. I think they kind of know that like these teams aren't going to score any points. It's just going to be kind of who outlasts the other one and can get a couple field goals. But just, just for the sake of trying to give Trubisky some credit and trying to give this team some credit – they're going to be mad about the cardinals game. They're going to want to come out on Thursday night and really show what they can do. I'll say 21 to 10 Steelers, so just over that 30 and a half over. I, I don't feel great about it, I'm not going to lie, but maybe it's a defensive touchdown, maybe a special teams touchdown, which you know probably not, but something along the way to help us get to that 21, but I think that the Patriots just simply aren't going to be able to score any points for the most part. Maybe they get a touchdown early or late to kind of make it look better. But I'm going to go 21-10 Steelers. Leave your uh, game predictions in the chat for me. When you watch this, if you watch this later, definitely let me know what you think about the game. Um, I'll be back hopefully with Tommy, I believe, if not myself, and maybe you guessed next week to talk about how this game goes and also the upcoming games the rest of the year. Um, But Again, that will do it for me this week. If you guys have any questions for us or anything you want us to talk about on top of what we always do, please do leave that in our chats here. Um, once again, we go live on YouTube every Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, thank you for all <coughs> excuse me, thank you all for joining us on the show today. You can follow myself on Twitter at Shane Kubis, you see on the bottom screen here. Um, you can follow Tommy Jagai, again, he should be back here soon, at Tommy Jagai on Twitter as well. You can download the Still Curtain Podcast wherever you get podcasts. Also, check us out on YouTube or at or actually ask Alexa to play the Still Curtain Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Still Curtain Podcast. Again, I'll see you guys probably next week here.